Welcome to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Dell challenges the status quo, questions everything, and empowers you to return to your core beliefs to make your life better. If you're ready to hear the truth and get your roadmap to the lifestyle you really want, the next hour will change your life. And now your host, self-made millionaire, national award-winning investor of the year, CEO and founder of Lifestyles Unlimited, Dell Wamsley. Welcome to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show, where the hype ends and the help begins. I'm your host, Dell Wamsley, and as always, we're working on your financial freedom. Today, my friends, I want to talk about income taxes. Uh, we have just recently passed the uh, last date that you can pay timely your fourth quarter estimated income taxes. And for those of you who know what I'm talking about is that if you have a job, they take income taxes, Social Security, Medicare, out of your paycheck, every paycheck. But if you own a business, you estimate what your profits are going to be and estimate what you owe for taxes, and you pay that in on a quarterly basis. And so we've just passed that quarterly basis, and I just had to pay my fourth quarter estimated income taxes into the IRS. i got a lot I want to talk about today, but I'm going to start out with this basic concept. I pay a lot of money in taxes, although I get a lot of money back in return because I have real estate, which creates depreciation, which covers some of that income. That income that it covers with the depreciation allows me to get back the income taxes I paid. And you say, well, Dell, why do you even pay them in? Why don't you estimate that you've got the depreciation? And I have a letter here that I want to share with you that's going to explain to you why I don't do that. I estimate as if I'm going to have to pay all the taxes. And I don't estimate as if I could get out of paying the taxes by depreciation. You say, well, why not? Well, let's start with the easiest one. The Democrats are involved. And when the Democrats are in power, there's always the possibility that they're going to change the tax laws. And there was a lot of discussion in the past that they were going to take away depreciation as a deduction. I want to make sure that if they make that kind of a move, that doesn't put me behind the eight ball. Right? And I've done that my whole life. I pay it in so I know it's there. I said, well, Doug, you could keep that money and invest it and do much better. You're correct. I could. But I'm also 65 years old and I've never missed paying taxes. Now, let's go one step even further down the rabbit hole. And that is, I, like to, I used to like to ask the question in my class, how many people think they pay too much in income taxes? And everybody's hand goes up. Doesn't matter whether you're broke poor or rich, you think you're paying too much in taxes. Then I ask, how many people in this room paid $400,000 in income taxes last year? And nobody's hand goes up, except mine. And I say, if you're not paying in at least $400,000 in taxes, you don't have a tax problem. You have an income problem. And that's the reality. Because if you make a million dollars a year, you owe $400,000 in taxes, give or take a few thousand. And you know, you could say the same thing. How many of you paid $4 million in taxes this year? And there's, nobody raises their hand. And I say, well, I did, but, you know, that's not a tax problem. That's an income problem, right? So when you really look at it, you can, you can find people have said things that are like, hey, it's my civic duty to pay my share of the taxes. And you can get arguments on both sides of that. But I'd rather take it down to a much simpler common denominator. And that is, I don't want to go to jail. I don't want to get sued by the IRS. I don't want to get 
in a situation where they come take away my assets for some reason. In other words, I'm going to follow the law. The law says I owe 400000 then I owe 400000 If I can figure out a way that the law says if you do enough depreciation with real estate, you can get that 400000 back, then I'm going to get the 400000 back. Because it's just not worth trying to beat the man. Because you can't beat the man. They're going to win every single time. But remember, the man is also writing the laws. And the laws that the man is writing are protecting the man. So if you learn to use the laws that protect the man from taxes, then you'll protect yourself from taxes. Now, I'm going to go into more of this and who pays taxes and how much they pay and sort of cover that in a little bit. But I got an email here. And sometimes emails, they get under my skin. This one got under my skin. And I don't mean in a mean, malicious way that I don't like the lady that wrote the email to me. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, is that there's so much commonsensical stuff in this world that it just blows my mind that people don't use common sense. So there's maybe four or five lessons in this email. I'm just going to read it to you, and I'm going to stop along the way and point out some points, and then we'll come back and figure out how to solve this lady's problem. It says, first of all, help. What do I do now? At 62 years of age, I thought I would own real estate. I don't really know what that means. Later, she goes on to talk about her house and what it's worth, so I'm assuming she's talking about her personal residence. But first thing I want you to think about is owning real estate is not a monolithic thing. There are many, many different types of real estate. And to say and to think that you touch a piece of real estate, it's real estate investing, it's not. In addition to that, owning your own personal residence is not real estate investing. It's consumption. So to blame this lady's problem on her personal overconsumption is trying to blame real estate for her own ignorance. It's overconsumption is what it comes down to. So she said, I thought I would own real estate. However, comma, I am two years behind on my property taxes. Now, how do you get two years behind on your property taxes? They're due, you pay them, right? She goes on. Coming up on the third year to be owed. Even though I am now capable of working, I'm now capable of working a full-time job. So, even though she's now capable of working a full-time job, she still can't pay those taxes. Goes on. By the way, these are property taxes we're talking about. It took too long to recover from injuries and reverse arthritis. And Okay, so we know she's in pain. She didn't feel like she'd work for two years because she couldn't walk. Do you know how many jobs there are where you just sit there and you don't have to walk? Now, out of nowhere, the next sentence just blows my mind. My home is paid off, and its value is $480,000. So now, this is leading me to believe in this email that the, the home is the real estate she's talking about owning. At the beginning of the email where she says, I, I thought I, own, I would own real estate. I thought I would own real estate, which is really a statement that doesn't really say much. But I guess now what she's saying is she thought she'd owned her home. And it's paid in full and it's worth $480,000. So now my head goes back and goes, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Her next sentence says, I need help. Thank you. Please help me. And she gives me her telephone numbers and everything. Like, 
She needs somebody to tell her what to do. Well, I'm going to tell her and everybody else in this world what to do. And I'm going to tell you in multiple ways what to do. All right? Let's start with number one. Go back to work and keep working. Find a job that your injuries will not keep you from doing. You could sit at a front desk of a hotel and check people in. You could sit and do accounting. You could sit and write stuff. You could, there's, I could think of a thousand jobs you could do that you don't need to be able to walk much. All right, so that's too simple. If you worked, you could have paid your taxes. Number two, let's talk about the $480,000. Why didn't you just get a loan on the house and pull out the $480,000? Well, I'm not working, so I can't get a loan. You can get an asset loan up to 50% of the value of your home just based on the asset. In other words, I'll lend you 240000 because if you don't pay me back, I'll take the house and get a $480,000 house for two hundred forty. So what I'm telling you is not me specifically. I'm not a lender, but there are lenders that think that way, and they go, I'll lend you 50% on the value of your house anytime, anytime, especially a paid-in-full home. So why didn't she do that? And Well, I didn't know about it. Then why are you worrying about it three years later? Why didn't you worry about it year one? Why do people stick their head in the sand and make their problems worse? Why is a lady who hasn't had a job for three years living in a $480,000 house? Riddle me that, Batman. Remember my rule? Don't live in a home that costs more than one year's income or one year income is zero. She shouldn't own a home. She should sell that home and move into an apartment and have $480,000 and pay off her taxes. Man, that's so easy to see. But her greed, tied to her laziness, it's what's killing her. Her greed to want a house she can't afford and her laziness to go back to work and afford it. Help yourself. Pull that sack off. Look at the light. Let the light get in there and see you don't have the right to own a $480,000 home. You're not working. And a home in and of itself is consumption. It is not an investment. You're consuming a $480,000 asset every day, using it up, using up its taxes, using up its insurance, using up its maintenance and repairs and wearing it out and making it older. Why do you do that and not work? And then wonder why you have problems. Let's take it one step further. Preemptively thinking. What if you would have had the $480,000 out of the house? Let's say you still live in the house. You have a mortgage. Say, well, if I can't pay the taxes, I can't pay the mortgage. But what if the $480,000 was invested somewhere and earning you 10 to 15%? where it's making you anywhere from $50,000 to $60,000 a year in income. Even though you're not working, you're still making $50,000, $60,000 a year. You could easily pay the house note 
which would be somewhere around 2.5% interest, and the property taxes, and have money left over to live on. Why didn't you do that? I understand that one because you just don't understand real estate investing. I get that. The other ones I don't get. The other ones are dumb as a rock. But I'm thinking if you weren't dumb as a rock, if you'd taken some classes and learned how to do it, thousands of people have come to my course with a paid-in-full piece of real estate because Dave Ramsey told them to pay off their mortgage. Dumbest thing you could ever possibly do is pay off your personal mortgage because that $480,000 is earning you nothing. Nothing at all. That $480,000 should be earning you between 10 and 15% return. It should be out there working for you. That's what it should be doing. So, you can go put a mortgage on any home you own at 2.5% interest. If you can make 10 with the money and give back 25 for interest, you're still making 75 Why don't people see that? Why is America that dumb? I don't get it. Hmm. Oh, there's more. If she owned rental real estate, she'd have depreciation. And she would get back income tax return money. Ah, interesting. Also, she would be able to, if she wanted to, because she had income, buy more rent houses. People seem to think that once you get a loan on your home, that's all you can have. Not the case. We'll be right back with the Del Wamsley Radio Show. seminar one time and a guy was sitting up there and he was saying what you really need is you need the young aggressive entrepreneur people to go out there and take that money and invest it with them i walked up to the front of the stage and i said hey i'm that guy you're talking about that should be mentoring these people on how to do this the guy goes sir we don't allow solicitation and i said no 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 you don't understand i'm here to tell you i'm exactly the guy you were telling them to look for and I'm willing to help them for nothing. And the guy goes, if you don't stop soliciting, I'm gonna have to have security come and get you. And I said, I can see you're a scam. I'll just leave. Everything I said had gone through the intercom. So I walked out of the seminar room and 200 people followed me. that's how Lifestyles are started. Are you ready to get up and follow Dell? Join us today at LifestylesUnlimitedWorkshop.com. Welcome back. Now here's some more unconventional wisdom to set you free from the man on a mission to retire America one person at a time, Dell Wamsley. Welcome back to Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Today we're talking about taxes and um, the thing I thought was interesting is people are always talking about the fact that rich people pay too much in taxes. They pay way more than everybody else. So I'm going to read this little article here, just a paragraph or two, and then I'll start to discuss it. It says, as a whole, U.S. tax code remains progressive, 
with higher income taxpayers paying a greater share of their income in taxes. That is true despite the fact that high income Americans benefit disproportionately from tax breaks, otherwise known as tax expenditures. Major tax expenditures such as lower rates on capital gains and dividends, Deductions for charitable contributions and deductions for state and local taxes tend to benefit higher income taxpayers more than lower income taxpayers. CBO estimates that the top quintile of taxpayers receives 51% of the value of most major tax expenditures, while only 8% goes to the bottom quintile. So what does that mean? Well, here's a breakdown, and quintile, I believe, is division of five. So instead of a, a quarter, it's a quintile, it's a fifth of the population. And it was, it's interesting to me to see what percentage of the overall U.S. taxes are paid by each quintile. So the lowest quintile, poorest people, pay 3% of the total income taxes. So one-fifth of the population only pays 3% of the income taxes. So they pay less than their share. Second quintile, which would be 20 to 40 percentile, they pay only 8%. So they're really getting out of paying their share. That's a very, very low quintile. The next one is the third quintile, or what they call the middle quintile, which would be 60,000 to 80,000. They're paying 13% of their income. The fourth quintile, is 80 to 100,000 is paying 17% and the fifth quintile which is over $100,000 a year is paying 24% of their income. Now, the 1 percentile, the very top 1 percentile is paying 29% of their income. So as you see, these are pro- uh, progressive taxes. In other words, the more you make, the higher percentage you are paying, even though you have all those tax write-offs. Now, I'm in the 42% tax bracket, and I probably end up paying about 30% in taxes after I use all my deductions for all the different business deductions and real estate depreciation deductions and so on and so on and so on, right? So, I pretty much fit into that one percentile. So, what am I trying to say from this? I'm saying, don't worry about the taxes you pay. Think of it this way. Would you rather be in the first one, two, or third quintile and get out of paying taxes? Or would you rather be in the top 1% and pay 30% of everything you earn? But you have to make lots and lots of money. I think it's like a million, two million dollars to be in the top one percentile, something like that. Wouldn't you rather make a million a year and pay 30% of it away and keep 700000 then they make $100,000 a year and only pay 24%. It just doesn't make any sense to me. Why are people so wrapped up about taxes? So then I started thinking about it. I started wondering, hmm, I wonder what those quintiles are. What are the different amounts of money that somebody makes? Uh, that was rather interesting. So I looked that one up. The next one I look up is if you are in the lowest 10%, of the population earned income, you're making about $8,700 a year median income. The next one is 25%. If you're in the lowest 25% quintile, your median income is $23,357. So $24,000 a year, and you're in the second quintile. If you're in the third quintile, which would be the center quintile, which would be the median of the median, the median of everybody, the very center, is 40712 
The guys are getting richer. <laughs> Median went up 12 bucks from 2020. All right, next 75 percentile is earning 75,835. And then the 90th percentile, or you're in the lower 90 percent. You're not in the top 10, you're in the lower 90 percent. You're in $129,000. And if you're in the 99 percentile, in other words, only 1% of people make more than you do, you're making $365,253 a year. So to be in, that's 99, to be in the 1 percentile, you have to make over $360,000. You have to make or $370,000 to be in that top percentile, $370,000. And by the way, that median for rich people went down last year. It went from 365 to 357. So that's an interesting note. 2021 is actually lower than 2020. So, you know, you figure yourself where you're at. When you make a million dollars a year, you're definitely in the one percentile. Like I said, if you make 400,000 a year, you're in the one percentile. And like I said, if you keep going up and you make a million dollars a year, you're in probably the tenth of a percentile, a tenth of one percentile. Then you get to a hundredth of one percentile, and then you get to a thousandth of one percentile. And you know, what gets me is that there's like 400,000 billionaires in the country. Can you even believe that? 400,000 billionaires, not millionaires, billionaires. I heard that number somewhere and it just blew my mind. I read it somewhere and I just go, geez, I hope I'm remembering that right. But, you know, the bottom line is what I'm trying to get to you is that you don't have a tax problem, people. You've got an income problem. Your problem is you're not making anywhere near the money that successful people make. I talk about money all the time, and I talk about mine, and the reason I do is not because I want you to know how much I make or to brag or to impress you or anything like that. The reason I talk about my money is because nobody at my tax bracket and my wealth level will tell you what they make. Nobody will tell you how they make it. Nobody is going to be honest to you to let you know that while they're trying to teach you an idea that will only make you a couple hundred dollars a month, they're making millions of dollars a month sometimes. And they don't want you to know that. And I'm just trying to tell you, look, I've been everywhere along that income line from working for $600 a month as an assistant manager in a finance company, which is, you know, nothing, sub $2 for minimum wage type thing. I worked at a health club for $2.75 an hour. I've done it all. I've driven trucks. Uh, just thinking about all the crazy jobs I've had in my life. But the bottom line is, is that I have this insatiable urge to learn new stuff and to search out new possibilities. But this intolerable desire to avoid losing what I've already got. And so I start always with rule one, don't lose money. And so you say, why do you pay your taxes on time and in advance? Because I don't want the problems that come with not paying your taxes. There's no quality of life tied to trying to break the law. And someday it's going to catch up to you if you live your life that way. For example, one thing I see happen all the time is that people who don't pay in for the income taxes end up not being able to get mortgages because they're not showing you income. I know people that will not work for you unless you pay them cash under the table. Literally. That's the only way to work. And I see it all the time. 
So what I'm trying to say to you is the quality of life, to be able to sleep each day, to know you've paid your taxes, shouldn't be one of your problems in your life that you have to write Del Wamsley about. Hey, I haven't paid my taxes. What do I do? Pay your darn taxes. But last and not least, taxes should not be a problem for you because you should have so much money you don't mind paying taxes. That's really what it comes down to. I notice that a lot of people live in California, and I'm always asking the question, why would you live in California and pay 12% more personal state income tax than I pay just for the right to live there? And when you go to California, you kind of get it. It's beautiful there. The weather's beautiful. The scenery's beautiful. And people say, you know, I just I can give up 12%. And really rich people can afford to give up that extra 12%. They don't really care. Especially when you used to be able to take that taxes off of your federal income taxes. So, in fact, they really didn't even pay it. But Trump changed that to where they have to pay it now. But the point is, is that if you're wealthy enough, taxes won't bother you. Property taxes won't. Sales taxes won't. Excise taxes won't. Heck, I know a tax I'd really like to embrace. Yacht tax. <laughs> they tax yachts extremely heavy. I would love to have that problem to be buying a you know four or five million dollar yacht and have to pay a million dollars in taxes on it. Oh my gosh, that would be so terrible. Unfortunately, I don't have that problem. I don't have the yacht tax. I don't have the airplane tax because I'm not so wealthy that I can afford to throw away millions on those kinds of toys yet. Maybe never will. Luckily for me, I don't have a lot of desire for those kinds of toys, but I'll tell you what, I'd be a fool if I would admit if I could get one for free, would I take a plane or a yacht? You bet I would. If it didn't cost me, you bet I would. I just believe that my money invested in other things is way more valuable to me at this point in my life. But man, don't ever believe that you don't want something just because you don't want it. You don't want something because you know you can't have it. That's the reality. And when you realize that, then you realize that you can be happy where you're at. But you should always be trying to move further along, further up the financial bracket ladder. Because it's not the money, it's the quality of life runs into the wall at some point that the quality of life is more expensive the better it is in most cases. Del Wamsley on how to live the lifestyle. Whether you believe that being wealthy has to do with producing results or not, you have to realize that all money comes from servicing other people. It's either producing an asset for them, producing a product for them, or giving them a service, providing service. That's the only reason somebody would pay you. That's the only way you earn money is people give it to you, other than governmental taxation of some form. But if you go back to the rich people that are billionaires, they've found out how to give people more benefit. So you say, why does a football player get paid $40 million a year? Well, because on any given Sunday, you've got 20 million people watching that game. Have a great day. I'll see you tomorrow. Thank you. 
you for listening to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show, teaching you the opposite of everything you've been taught so you can obtain the results you've never obtained. Join us seven days a week. Can't get enough? Visit DellOnTheRadio.com to listen to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show, access past show podcasts, and join the conversation. The information and opinions you hear on the Del Wamsley Radio Show are those of the host, Del Wamsley, his guests, and his callers, and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of this station, its affiliates, its management, or advertisers. The Del Wamsley Show is for entertainment purposes only. Please consult a professional regarding your personal investment needs. Nothing presented on the Del Wamsley Show constitutes an endorsement, recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any product or security.